Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfied Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey, and we call these sessions, of course, Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. And, of course, we're talking to Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How are you doing? I am good. I'm good. Of course, you know, the Saints are still quarantined. Yeah, something like that. It's you know, <laughs> This is our new way of life, our new normal. And, uh, you know, if you guys have missed the previous podcasts surrounding uh, quarantine, coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera, uh, please go back and check it out. There are some amazing things that were shared there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this. Of course, with people being quarantined, people are probably home more now than they have been in a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is either doing one of two things. It's causing them to either fall in love even more with the people that they're with or realize how much they don't like them. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question. How should people in terms of family relationships be handling this particular time? Because it's a bit of a different strain for those who have never worked from home before. Uh, it's a different strain that they have. Now they have a, a spot where they have to work from home. Um, and there are those who might not understand what that looks like. Uh, for some, they're having to homeschool for the first time and still find a way to build family ties. So my first question is, how should people handle this time of quarantine relative to their family? Well, you know, that's a great question, Gerard. I think my wife and I, we decided to, um, you know, my wife jokes a lot. She said, oh, God, this quarantine, you know, she, she, she jokes about it. She said we can get on each other's nerve. And, and that tends to happen. I mean, sure. uh, uh, you, we have to make provision for the, or make, yeah, make room, leave room for the fact that being on top of each other 24-7 can be a difficult thing. Yes. So, so you need, I think you need to have, um, a plan. Right. Uh, you know who struggle the most with this are extroverts. Oh, extroverts. yes. Because <laughs> they're at home, especially if, if you're extrovert married to an introvert, mm-hmm. the, problem, uh, the, the problem that can arise there is that the introvert is, we're in a happy place. Right. I'm an introvert, I mean, and I love this. I love that I don't have to go anywhere. No one can say, well, meet me somewhere because I can't leave. Right. Like, sorry, I can't, you know, right. house arrest. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but the extrovert is bouncing off the wall looking for things to do. Yeah. And I think the first thing, Gerard, is that we need to respect the personality type that we married to mm-hmm. or res- respect the different personalities in our, ho- in our homes. Um, um, My wife is a multivert, which means she, she could be an introvert or extrovert. Mm-hmm. She could swing either way. But her thing is... She prefers to be out and about. Okay. And so what I do with her is, is uh, I let her call it, man. She'll, she'll go if, if, if 
we need to get something from the store. She'll get herself bundled up to protect herself, and she'll go out there. Yeah. And she'll do it. And I said, I'll come with you. She said, No, no I'll go by myself. That tells me she needs the time. <laughs> she needs time. She needs time alone. So I was like, Okay, well, I'll be here chilling. Right. You know. And I think that's what you have to do is that you have to respect who you who you, who you are connected to and what they need. Yeah. That's the first thing. That's good. The second thing is is don't let arguments linger. Mm. Um. You uh, develop the the the, uh, the discipline, the muscle, to be able to tell when uh, uh, something is going to go left, yeah. and try to avert the the argument if you can. Try to avoid it, mm-hmm. and if you can't avoid it, then don't let it linger. I mean, make, let the person make the point, or you make your point, and then you end the argument so you can live in peace. Listen, uh, the people, um, the, um, different people wear stress differently. They carry their stress differently, right. and they react to stress differently. Right, and so um, um, I read my I, like I would read my wife to see. Um, I, I want to know how she's doing. You know, we have a, 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 a we're dealing with a situation where we had a family member uh, in another city um, that was diagnosed with the coronavirus. Wow. Yeah, and so we we've been praying. We've been on um FaceTime calls. I mean, um, what I love about him is when he first felt sick, he he um he, I, he called us and asked he FaceTime us for prayer. He never does that. We thought he was joking at first. Wow. And he said, No, he said I don't feel well. So we. FaceTime together, we began to pray for him and um, ask the Lord, you know, we told the Lord, reveal what it is, we want to know what it is. And so, um, but went to the hospital, they sent him home, but eventually they had to admit him. Mm. And he's um, he's now in the hospital recovering, fighting for his life, but recovering. And uh, so I had to, with that, that's on my wife's side of the family, so what I had to do was to really, really be sensitive to that. Yes. Um, she was emotional at times. Mm-hmm. Um, then sometimes she needs to vent. She needs to vent about what she felt about this whole thing and 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 God's role in this. And so I had to listen without judgment, yeah. and then pray with her, pray for her, you know. Yeah. And then she'll get strong. And just and she, so as you go through these different things with people, I think Gerard, the danger of this close space together is a danger in this way is in that if we don't look for it, we may miss it and not know what it is. Is we have to make room for each other's humanity. Yeah. By not being home a lot, we for, we forget that we we're married to a real person, yes. or we're in a house with real people. Our kids are real people. Mm-hmm. They need to play. They yeah. need recreation. It's not that what they want it. They need it. Right. So we gotta be creative. We can't we can't hold them to our, our little well you know our normal um stop running around this house. No, you may not want to run around, but the kids need it. They need to, they need right. to burn the energy. That's right. That's right. So we got to make room for each other to be human. Uh, we need to have conversations so people can have a chance to vent their fears and they won't be bottled up on the inside of them. Mm-hmm. We need to pray together. Um, we need to we need to have recreation. We need to laugh. We need to laugh. Yeah. And the people who can't laugh, now, you don't need to be laughing. You need to be praying. You're gonna bust like a pipe mm-hmm. in the winter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I we, we set aside time to watch movies. Yeah. Um, uh, we set aside time. Uh, uh, I've been doing this is crazy the push-up challenge. I started doing the push-up challenge nice. uh, right after the fast. Okay. So for starting the whole month of February, I started doing. Uh, my goal was at least fifty push-ups a day. Nice. I got it up to hundred. Nice. Um, and so when when the, when the um, quarantine happened, I was already in my push-up mode. Right. Right. So so just find things to do, entertain each other, love each other, and um and, and really. Uh, and take break. Go outside. I mean, yeah. I don't think that uh, where we live, we in the woods, so we can we go outside and ain't nothing around but animals. So right, uh, the neighbor has donkeys. Oh my lord! 
He really, the neighbor, neighbor has donkeys and wow. a few, uh, there were cows somewhere around. So we literally live on a ranch. I mean, it's wow. like we don't have horses and stuff, but I called the ranch because the neighbors had donkeys and cattle and goats and all kinds of stuff. So we were surrounded by farm stuff. Wow. Um. So, but for get outside and and um get some fresh air. Yeah. Have prayer walks. Mm-hmm. Um. Just kind of invite God back into your home. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just saying, um. Begin to work on, on the issues that need to be worked on. Yeah. And by the way, let me add this. This is a bad time to begin a divorce. Hmm. No, let me tell you something. The scripture makes a mention. I wish, let me see, can I find it while I talk to you? Mm-hmm. A mention is made of this phenomenon. That, and I mentioned it to, to you in a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. We were dealing with sorrow, sorrow upon sorrow. Have you ever heard me mention that? Yes. Sorrow upon sorrows? Mm-hmm. And what sorrow upon sorrows is the enemy, what he will do is when one thing is going wrong and, and it's taking a lot of emotional um, power mm-hmm. to deal with it, it's an... Um, well, I don't even know exactly where it is, but there's 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 a scripture that deals sorrow upon sorrows. We have to look for it one day. Okay. But um, the enemy will try to to while you're grieving one thing, create another grief that's even heavier. Mm-hmm. Like like for example, um, you driving home to a um to a funeral, mm-hmm. and then you get in an accident and someone dies. That's sorrow upon sorrows. That's that's additional grief. Wow. So so to me, it is insensitive and demonic. That during this season, you will you will drop something heavy on, on a person. It's demonic. Mm. You can't say the Lord inspired you to do that. It's demonic. Wow. Um. So so I really believe that this is a season where people should be. Um. If you're locked in the house together, you say, "Well, why why are you getting divorced? Because because he hardly ever home. When he home now, <laughs> what a, what a better time to work out whatever needs to be worked out." Mm-hmm. He don't ever talk to me. Well, he had no choice but to talk, you know. And and if that's not enough, he said, "Well, he's all watching TV. God is God is able to cut that off too." Look, the sports world ended in a day. Oh my gosh, the entire sports world. It Gerard, was... that was traumatic for me. Okay, I mean, I'm sure for me too. We were right around March Madness and right, oh my Lord. I mean, everything went March Madness. The NBA season went. I mean, like it was crazy. Baseball went. Uh, yep. Everything, you know, the Masters, yep. all this, everything. It was crazy. You it know, was... what's crazy is that on, on on Twitter, I had tweeted um the first part of March. I said uh. No madness this March. You just sure near- did. <laughs> <laughs> motivation. I'm like, what kind of prophecy is that? Right? I know. I, I'm not sure that's what you meant, but <laughs> I did not mean that. It's like people, people are like, you prophesied. I didn't mean to. It was- oh my gosh. So I, I think I found the scripture you were referencing. Um, okay. Philippians two twenty seven. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. That's it. There we go. That's it, man. There we go. Sorrow upon sorrow, and 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 while I'm grieving one thing, mm-hmm. something else happens. Yeah. That, and and on um, the enemy, that the enemy does that. That, that to me, that's his finishing move. Right. That's a straight up finishing move for sure. Um, it's, it's, the enemy has got a person on the on the emotional edge, mm-hmm. on the brink of of total breakdown. Wow! And all he needs is is, is a straw to break the com- the camel's back. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna drop a brick on them. Mm. Now now you're working for the other side. You're working for the enemy. Wow! And, and normally when a part if a person does that on purpose, it brings great consequence with it. Wow! 
Yeah, it does. It, it brings dire consequences. Um, there's always loss to be suffered when, when we do this. So this is the time to wait and to believe God and to pray and to just get through seasons. You see what I'm saying? Get yeah. Just get through seasons. So, you know, you, and, and that's like amazing that you mentioned that. Um, one of the things that I thought about, and I think you started talk, talking about this, is the fact that for, this is so funny that I say this, for some people going to work outside of the home gives them enough separation Mm-hmm. from their spouse and their family that when they come home they've built up i guess enough energy to deal with however many hours at that point yeah. um, but the additional eight to ten to twelve hours during a day every day can for some people become a bit unbearable yeah um how how do you suggest one deals with the fact that indeed your family which you know, you had a, a, a perhaps a healthy break from on a daily right. basis now is in your face 24 seven, because I think that's the reality for a lot of people. And dare I say some pastors included? Yeah, 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 I agree. You know, I think the solution is twofold. One is I believe the solution is you use this time to reconnect in a very intentional way. Okay. You know, my wife and I talked about when we were dating how how we were very different mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were a little bit more affectionate, but a little bit more um, um, conversational. We played board games. We did a lot yeah. of different things that we don't do now because of, because of work schedules and different things. Sure. But then on the other side of that is let's say you let's say you're in a very dysfunctional family setting, mm-hmm. a very dysfunctional. Well, let's 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 say, let's wait on the dysfunctional part. Let's just say you need the space. Let's deal with that first. I mean, right. because at times we do need the space. Yes. I'm part of the solution, Gerard, is to create the space, not just doing a quarantine, but I believe for, for your relationship. Where, where where you can resign yourself to a certain part of the house and create space within the home. Wow. Like, for example, I'll give you a good example. Um, uh, when we have, um, uh, my wife and I have a, have a disagreement, and we do have disagreements. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a man cave upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but she has the right at times to kick me out of the man cave and say, I need this room because that's the theater upstairs. Aha. Uh-huh. And so she can need the room for, to, 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 to decompress or whatever. And then I get the so other space. I got a den. We got, you see what I'm saying? I think you should have space. And then I have the recording studio. If I really, really want to, to be isolated, I go over to the recording studio and she won't see me for the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she FaceTime me to make sure I didn't fall over dead somewhere. Right. You know? Right. But I think with even if you live in close quarters, you could create space within your close quarters where you have something that you like to do, mm-hmm. and, and and you don't do it as punishment to the other person. You do it by permission. Right. But but it's uh, uh, with the understanding that I need my space. I need to reset. I need to replenish. Mm-hmm. I, I I need to re-strengthen myself. I need space. Mm-hmm. Um. I need me time, and me time is a big deal. Yes. Yes, it is. You know. Uh, um. And then sometimes you could be a part of your mate's me time. Right. Like you could become the the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the what you call the the what you call amateur masseuse. Ah uh, yeah, uh, yes. Just don't hurt nobody, but you could become right. amateur masseuse. You you could um you could wash her hair mm-hmm. or you could massage her feet, and she could maybe give you a pedicure, manicure. I mean, these are things where I think we can become so we can serve one another, yeah. or we could actually separate in the home and do different things. My wife and I are gonna do something. God help the whole world because my wife is gonna ha- is gonna teach me how to cook. 
So oh, you nice. See house, yeah, so pray for us that nothing burns down <laughs> because I just am not that guy. But but you see what I'm saying? But yeah. I think this is a time to rediscover and to learn wow. and, and to and to um to submit to one another, to serve one another, yeah. to, to, to mend fences if things went awry, wow. to deal with issues that you're putting off, that you that are hard, maybe some hard conversations you need to have mm-hmm. to, to make the home more um a more um, whole yeah. unwholesome place. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a teenager in the house that's trying to run things that you, you maybe you need an intervention, but you could never get them get them at home when they're home now. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled "True Story," featuring the lead single "It Is So." Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Wow, that, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. How would you suggest, because again, you know, one thing that I think we all can acknowledge is, for one, this this to me feels like when I grew up in New York and we had those uh, blizzards or we had those longstanding snowstorms where we were out multiple days, you know, it, it feels like a long snowstorm with no storm, with no snow yeah. rather, and, <laughs> and, and we don't know when we're going back to school. Um I think what happens, of course, is you, you, you develop cabin fever and then people, you know, perhaps conversations that in some cases could have been handled easier. Uh, people get irritated quicker because, right. you know, boy, I'm, I'm right there close to you all the time. Friction becomes a lot easier for those who um, are needing to have some hard conversations, because to your point, there are people who leave the house, you know, because of work or whatever. And that in some cases is perhaps what that space is, perhaps the thing that's keeping their marriage together, keeping their family together. And now, you know, we're looking at, okay, let's have the difficult conversation. What would you suggest in terms of ways to approach that knowing, particularly for the people who leave the house to get away? Now you're yeah. there and it's time to have the tough conversation. What are some guidelines that you would suggest in terms of how to approach that so that it doesn't immediately blow up because there's a greater potential for it to do that? 
Yeah, I, I, yeah you, and you said that's all right. There is a greater potential. I think, Gerard, that um, first of all, it's, it's a crying shame that we, and we all have been there where you have to, where you feel like you are in a situation where you have to get away from it every day. Yeah. When you think about how marriages begin, we begin with covenant. Right. And at times, um, our, our avoidance in dealing with issues that need to be addressed mm-hmm. create worse matters and, and uh, deeper issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has to be I have a prophetic perspective to this to think that maybe God allowed this. One of the one of the things that God wanted to address in this uh, quarantine is the fact that not only is there a virus in the streets, but there's a virus in my house. Wow. There's a virus in my relationship. Wow. Maybe maybe we quarantine together because because what we have is sick and it needs to be healed. Wow. And and, and God and, and and maybe the problem is that God we we we're apart so much that when God heals it in one, the uh, the other one comes back. The other one's still sick, so the other one makes the other one sick, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And maybe God needs to get us together in one space to to hash it out, even if it means a beginning at the beginning we have to fight it out. Right. See, I think um, avoidance avoidance is not a good thing. It seems healthy because it, uh, we don't have to deal with a, a heavy thing that we may think we're not. Um, we don't have the capacity to carry. Mm-hmm. But Gerard, I believe that com- some uh, people, like I've, people, have told me all the time, I just don't want to have the conversation because they can get an attitude and we're gonna start fussing and stuff. I mean, I think we need to grow the heck up. Yeah. If, if you're in a situation where you in a, where you're with a person for the rest of your life and you can't have a simple conversation about a difficult issue, then 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 then, then the, the matter is deeper than a, a quarantine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and and, I'm, and I fear that that many people are living in in marriages with closed hearts, and and on a marriage, the reality of of closed heartedness, mm-hmm. hard heartedness, mm-hmm. is the Bible says that the reason that Moses received from God the authority to give people the right to issue bills of divorcement was because of the hardness of their heart. Right. So so technically, what he was saying was. If you living in a, if you're in a marriage with a hard heart or close heart, you're actually divorced already. Wow. Yeah. And so the, the so the, the the reality is our hearts have to open again and give each other a chance. A person who I never, I just don't want to be married to this person anymore. Well, you know, I think the thing about that is, um, it's it's not about the person. It's about the resentment that built up over the years yeah. over hard words, broken promises, um, insensitivities. Uh, uh, a whole lot of things, issues. A lot of times, it's a single issue. The parasite that's killing the relationship is a single cell parasite. Mm. It's, it has one thing. Um, it's, you, you say you think you hate the person. It's just one thing you don't like about them. What really is triggering you is that you love the person. You just hate what they do. Right. Let's speak to what they do and not make it about them. Right. I hope yeah. I'm making sense. Oh no, you are. You definitely are. You definitely are. And I think it's it, it's important to have these kinds of conversations because, again, you know, there are people and, and with all of the elements about this, you know, that are popping up, there are people that are stuck at home with people they don't want to be stuck at home with. <laughs> as funny as it sounds, it's it's an unfortunate reality in some cases. And um, for some people, the idea of having to deal with that is daunting um, and it is uh, it's stressful for some, 
You know, right. now there are others, of course, who, you know, it'll be baby making season and, you know, all that type of thing. But I think there are far more, as we know, in the church world who don't ever talk about this kind of stuff, but live this stuff out um, on a regular basis. And they end up in these scenarios. Uh, let, let me ask this question also, because one of the things that holds true is that there are people a number of people who have uh, lost jobs, lost wages, uh, yeah. you know, unemployment um, requests have skyrocketed. Uh, what do you suggest to those people who um, have lost quite a bit and this time doesn't feel like a vacation, doesn't feel like a refreshing, but it feels like a space of stress for them? Yeah. What, what would you say to them? Well, you know, that's, that's one of the things. That's, before we started this podcast today, one of the last things I posted about two things came to mind. Number one, were the homeless people. And number two is um, people who um, lost their income suddenly. Right. And and the danger, here's the danger. Uh, I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. And what, what that says, what that means is that whenever there's a whenever there's a situation like this, the first thing that comes to mind is um, if I have extra, who can I give to Right. The problem is, though, Gerard, is that every giver has 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 met a, an untrustworthy taker. Right. And, and it, it has scarred us mm-hmm. and scared us mm-hmm. and made us um, be very, very. Matter of fact, you, you've never been taken. You've never felt like a fool unless until you've been taken by people you try to help. That's right. And, and one thing about uh, about. Um, authentic givers is that we always are in give mode because God always blesses blesses us with extra. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that we, we, we at times become close-fisted or close-handed because we do not want to be taken advantage of again. Right. Invariably, we, we know we can't go through life without being taken advantage of because we're givers and they take takers are bound mm-hmm. and they have no limits. Right. So we set limits. And so the problem is with this, Gerard, is that um. I believe in this season, this is where the love of God is going to come into play. This is where the church is supposed to shine. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about the church as as a corporate church. I'm talking about the body of Christ as individuals. Yeah. You know, the body of Christ, for example, you know, people say, well, I just, I just think that the body of the church should be there. You know, do you know, this is a crazy thing. Your eyes can't see in the back of your head. Right. So if you have a bump in the back of your head, and you can't figure out how to, how to use a mirror to do it. You need someone else. You need another human being behind you, uh, dealing with the what's behind you. You get what I'm saying? That's right. And so, um, I think the different parts of the body. My hands can reach my back, but my eyes can't. Right. And so, the, the uh, I think that there are various members of the body who have different levels of resources that God is going to put Lazarus at their gate. And I use that analogy from the story in the Bible. Jesus talked about the rich man and Lazarus, mm-hmm. how Lazarus was always at his gate and he was so filthy rich, but he would never um, offer him anything. He would never take care of him, but he was right at the gate every day. Right. And when they died, and went to, when they died, the rich, the rich man went to hell and the rich man didn't go to hell because he was rich. I believe he went to hell for ig- ignoring the, the problem that God put at his gate. Wow. And I, so I think the church has to be mindful individually and corporately about who God put at our gate. Who's there around your church? Forget forget crossing the ocean. Let's cross the street. Right. Who, who's right around your church? That need, who's, who are your neighbors? Do they need help? I'm mm-hmm. talking about your physical neighbors. Like right. My neighbors are on the street. Uh, uh, I know who they are. I, I, can, I need to reach out to my neighbor. Hey, you need anything? You got money? Mm-hmm. 
You know, I mean, do, do you need bread? I mean, do, you may not want to eat my bread because you don't know if I'm sick or not. But I, I mean, my money is, I can cash out you some money. Right. I think we need to be mindful of this. Like the, like for me, for example, um, my musicians sign in to be paid. Mm-hmm. But what I decided to do was um, to, to suspend the sign-in. Like I, I have full-time musician mm-hmm. and, and there are other musicians signing to be paid. I suspended the sign-in mm-hmm. and I'm paying them. Wow. Wow. Until this is over with. Yeah. It's a past, suppose you run out of money. Well, you know, that's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Is The giver's responsibility is not to get resources, it's to give it. Wow. God's responsibility is to give it to me. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He, so, give, he, he gives seed to the sower. So I'm the sower. Yeah. So he, God has to get seed to me. Yeah. That's so you, know, I, I, you see what I'm saying? So I can sow it. Mm-hmm. And, and and then he also, if I'm a sower, I qualify to be an eater. I, I, so I qualify for bread as well. The difference is if I'm not a sower, I only qualify for bread. Right. I don't get seed, so I never get extra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what I believe that that um, that uh, we pray for those who are who are situations where they lost the income, but that's not enough. Yeah, we got to meet the need. Yeah. And so, what I'm this is what I'm doing. I'm gonna challenge some of the pastors to do this. Call your bank mm-hmm. and ask your bank if they could defer your mortgage. The mortgage mm. of your church for three to six months. Yeah. What that means is you don't have to make a note on your building for three to six months and they'll take the payment and put it on the back end of the note. Mm-hmm. And you take that money that you're saving and don't just start store it up. You, right. Use it to, to reach out to the people who are in your congregation or their family or their neighbors or whatever and begin to be a blessing with that way. I, I put the call into our bank. Mm-hmm. Our bank said they couldn't do it, but that's that's not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm calling them back again. Hey, I need you to suspend or, or to defer three months of payment because I need to feed the people around me. Right, right. And if they say no, then I'm, when we get, when we get through this, I'm taking every dime out of their bank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where I am. I mean, where there's a will, there's a way. That's right. Where there's a won't, there's an excuse. And I'm telling you right now, um, I believe that it's the church's responsibility. That's how we're going to let our light shine. That's how people are going to say, man, you know what? They took care of me. Right. I was hungry. I was I was hungry and they fed me. I was naked, they clothed me. I was shut in, they came to visit me. Like who's going to the prisons? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't want to go inside a prison because I don't know what they're doing. How I mean God can only imagine I couldn't imagine the kind of sickness that's happening in there. Right. But but they need they need to be cared for as well. That's right. So I hope I answered that question. No, you you definitely did, and I'm glad that you mentioned that particular point because, again, there are so many things to come out of this situation, and one of them has to be the church being able to stand up and support and strengthen and help those because one thing we all know is that there are likely people of, of the people who have lost their job and lost their wages, many of them attend churches. And so, you know, if they've lost wages or in some other cases where churches have staff and, you know, have to make a decision about their staff and things like that, I think it becomes important for the parishioners to know that if they ever get into a space where they get in trouble, that the church has got their back. Now, granted, this is not the whole, you know, take advantage. It's not that. But it is a space where if you have served, if you are a faithful member, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, people get wind that, hey, you, you, you're having a hard time that, you know, they know that someone will, will be able to be there for them. And I think that's part of uh, what the church does. The church can't meet everybody's need, but they should meet somebody's. So right. I, I think that's a that's a great thing. 
Ah, well, that's a great place to to kind of to stop. And I hope <laughs> that you guys have uh, found some some great help with that. And and pastors, I definitely think you should take up Pastor Hart on this challenge um, because a lot of uh, you know, I know they've been suspending uh, foreclosures and evictions and they've given, you know, extensions on mortgages for people's houses. So why not the house of God? I think it's worth right. asking, particularly with the intent of using that money to help your staff or help those who need the help. I think that's going to go a long, long way. So pastors, take up Pastor Hart on his challenge. And if you do let him know, I think this would be a great way to build community uh, amongst leaders as well. So of course, you can reach him on social media at Hart Ramsey on all platforms. And of course, we want to hear your thoughts on what you learned from today's session via social media. You can use the hashtags uh, either Hart Ramsey Heart to heart, that's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T, or on course. And make sure you are subscribed to these podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcast content. And join us next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.